Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code tapthecraft2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Craft Beer Friends is Season 7, Episode 9 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? Denny, I am doing phenomenal. Uh, I'll admit, I did didn't know if this show was going to happen tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and in my glass tonight, this is also kind of weird because I'm at, not actually drinking out of a glass. Oh. But I know, it's I'm mixing everything up today. Um, tonight, I'm drinking a Night Swim, which is a porter from the folks over at Copper Tail Brewing Company right mm-hmm. here in Tampa. And um, this is probably one of my favorite local porters. Uh Nice and roasty, uh, super easy to drink, and uh, I I grabbed a six pack of this because I sent I sent some beer today to a friend of mine in Maryland, mm. and uh, I sent him four of these. I kept two of them because I do like this beer a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, so definitely enjoying this. Um, and what about you, sir? How's your uh, How's your day going? What's in your glass? <laughs> well, you know what. <laughs> My day is going way better now that we are sitting down, drinking beer together, and chatting. Uh, definitely the highlight of my the last seven days. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into details, but uh, I've been without internet at home for a week now. Mm. And it has totally up, upended my life, uh, especially my work life. Uh, and it's made a lot of things a lot more stressful than I really need. Luckily, I haven't died of a heart attack from trying to, uh, you know, battle work tasks without having any kind of internet to to, to help out because it's a lot tougher to, uh, you know, to help people out when you're only dealing with IM messages and, and phone calls when you can. But uh, but you know what? My internet woes are hopefully now partially fixed. I do have internet. I switched from my crappy DSL. CenturyLink is the worst customer uh, customer service. Uh, provider out there. I True. I hate them. I'll just give you a little hint. Um, you know, we lost internet. I uh, I contacted them. They did some troubleshooting. They said, yep, it can re- it's going to require a technician to come out. Uh, we need you to be home tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> and I'm Jeez. like, okay, well, you know what? I, I'll, so I took the day off and I waited around. Uh, in the morning, I got a, a, a message saying, yep, be make sure you're at home. Uh, he's coming between uh, nine to five, and I wait and I wait and I wait. Five comes by, no text, no phone call, no nothing. 
six goes by and I'm now I'm furious. I'm like, these damn idiots stood me up. Yeah. I wasted a whole day and nothing. So next morning I wake up, I see a message that my service call was closed at uh, 1137 that night. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's nice. No explanation on what's going on. And then I get another message saying, um, your service won't be restored until Monday at 6 p.m. I'm like, oh, wow. come on. And this is Friday. So I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. No explanation on why it's down or what's going on. No contact at all. Just saying sorry for the inconvenience. Then about two hours later, I get another message from him saying, your internet's not going to be restored until uh, November 20th, which is this coming Friday. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I cannot go that long without internet because it's affecting my my whole life and work. Mm -hmm. So Sarah's like, well, can we switch providers? I said, you know what? Let me go check and see. So I we only have two options right now in my area. I either do the DSL through CenturyLink or we have a Sparklight cable. It used to be cable one here uh, that we can also get. That that one moved in after I already had the um, the DSL. DSL was the first thing provided in, in my area, so I, that's why I had that. So, um, I, you know, after 18 years of being with CenturyLink, uh, I decided that, you know what, if they can get, if they can get service on before uh, my DSL comes on, I'm going to switch over. So sure enough, I looked on there and they said, yeah, we can get you installed uh, on Tuesday. And I'm like, you know what? Tuesday is much better than Friday. So I went ahead and had them install cable. So I now have cable internet, which is 100 megabytes down and 10 megabytes up. So okay. now, you know what, Chris? I might be able to do this video stuff uh, a lot easier Yeah, uh, with a decent connection. And it's going to be nice to have that little extra bump up to uh, to upload podcasts and videos. It'll be a little bit faster for me, which will be nice also. So that's the the good news is my internet's back. I'm able to record with you tonight. That's why we may not have may not have had a show for the first time in six over six years. We may not have had a show out, um, but we're going to overcome that. We're going to put a show out, uh, and then and then I'll figure out why uh, I can't log into my modem to change my settings because I, uh, as I mentioned to you, Chris, before uh, all my whole house is wired and and it's got smart stuff all over the place and it's all linked to a specific network. And I need to change that network connectivity on the on the modem side so that everything connects without me having to go through and change all these settings to every device I have in my house, which would be uh -huh. a nightmare. Uh, and the password and username they gave me uh, doesn't allow me to log in. It keeps saying uh, invalid. So I need to call service and say, hey, what the hell is up? Why can't I get into my, my modem and change these, these uh, settings? So hopefully that will go smooth, too. All yeah. Right. Uh, all that. Now, what's in my glass? Now that we got done with my little soapboxing, uh, I'm drinking a local beer. Uh, it is wintertime, and uh, I like to drink winter warmers. Now, this winter warmer is on the side of the winter ales that come in like more closer to IPA, uh, hoppy side of the season, uh, winter warmer seasonals. And this is from Sockeye Brewing, and it's their Winterfest beer. And this beer over the years has changed. Um, and I'll tell you what, this, this year's offering is, is really nice. It's, a it's like a, a, a little bit of a maltier IPA, uh, has a, a nice thick body to it. And you have that, you know, that, that upfront, uh, heaviness to it. And it, it, it kind of smooths out with some really nice hop character with 
some uh, piney hops in there and some citrusy, uh, you know, citrusy, mm, lemony like hop character too at the end, which is really, really nice. Uh, I don't know what it comes in, you know, pops in out at the, uh, at the, uh, I'm trying to look and see if they don't have, they don't have the uh, um, alcohol by volume on here. But I, I'm guessing it's probably around 7%. I'm um, going to drink a couple of these tonight and just unwind with you. All right. Okay. Winterfest is clocking in at 7.25%. There you go. See, I know I was close, nice right? <laughs> and it's a good one. I'll, I'll tell you what, anyone local that can get this uh, Winterfest, go grab it. It's a nice, you know, it's, 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 it reminds me a little bit kind of, of, uh, of Lagunita's uh, brown sugar, but not as sweet as the brown mm. sugar is. It's kind of got similar characteristics as that which is you know got, got that heavier malt uh, character in there uh, no. which is nice let me ask you a question denny because yeah. uh, if you were to, if you were to rate this on untapped what would you rate it hmm well i think i already rated it years ago right? you have you have um i think this year's version i think i'm just i would step it up i don't remember what i rated the past year's versions but this one um, I'm really enjoying it. I think I'd rate this probably a four two five. Okay, that, so, that's a it's quite the improvement. So in 2012, oh yeah, it's a long time ago. Uh, so in 2012, you wrote it. You wrote it. You rated it three caps, hmm. um, and you wrote time to start the Christmas holiday. This beer has tasted better in the past year. Yeah, Still yeah. good, but a bit sharp on the palate. And in 2013, you rated it. The same three mm. caps. Next up, some Winterfest because it feels like winter. <laughs> so good. It's uh, it's the downside to it is that yeah, it it, it it will change. Yeah, it seems to change a little bit as the uh, each year. Um, but I'm glad to hear it's better this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the Winterfest they put out back in the early days of the when they first started brewing. Uh, when you know back in the early 2000s. Um, mm -hmm. It was dark. It was uh, more maltier and more of a like a. It, it wasn't as hoppy, and it it, it kind of was like a a heavy uh, brown ale mm -hmm. uh, with some hops in it. You know, finishing off. I'm trying to think of like a dark strong ale, maybe not a Belgian dark strong ale, but like a like a strong ale, like American strong ale with some darker, like some little bit of dark malt in there that gave you you know that not too much roast or, or or chocolate flavor just but just a little bit of that dark character malt with uh with a you know a little bit of bitterness in the end and i really enjoyed that one a lot back in the early days okay. and like you said by the time i got to to 2012 and 13 i didn't appreciate those as much as as i am appreciating the one i'm drinking now so i'm glad i you know what i should get back in there and re-rate it for this year to say hey 2020 is a, mm -hmm. a nice beer mm -hmm. and give it a four and a quarter so people can see that uh, it's improved over the years so but even well i mean like i said the your check-in was 2013 which which this sounds very weird that was seven years ago i know i know it's amazing huh and then 2012 <laughs> was eight years i mean yeah. that's still nuts to me 2013 that was like last year yeah uh, yeah yeah i know <laughs> i know before you know it it's gonna be it's gonna be 2030 <laughs> uh, stop. Uh, but even even tom Byrne in 2015 he rated it 3.75 and he okay. wrote almost scotch ale like not bad so oh wow yeah see so 
I mean, it's it's a beer that changes over years, and I, the Scotch Ale one I would really enjoy. That one that would be really mm-hmm. good. Well, according to Sockeye on their Untapped or yeah on their Untapped listing, it is a strong ale, an American strong ale. Okay, um, and I can, I their can notes. See that. Yeah, and their notes says this American style strong ale has deep, rich malt complexity with mm-hmm. hints of toffee, caramel, and light toasted barley. Yeah, there it. I would agree with that. Um, I don't get the toffee notes, but I do mm-hmm. get the car- caramel notes. That's more on a lighter, not the burnt side of that. I think that if they went to that uh, toffee side, I think it'd be like perfect. It'd be like the perfect wooden warmer with that toffee toffee notes and that um you know the citrusy piney and uh, lemony type uh, hop characteristics in there too this i don't know it's really nice so good yeah i'm happy i got a six pack of it and i'm i think i'm down i might have one more left after these two i'm drinking right now <laughs> i i, I mm. drink it pretty pretty fast i just i just bought it on monday so it's only oh, tuesday right now I've already, i'm already down to uh to one beer left so obviously i'm enjoying it a lot <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, you know what, Chris? We've been rambling on before we even got the show started, which is good because I needed to unwind a little bit. But in case we have any new listeners to the show, I want to let you guys know what Tap the Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 165, we're recording on Tuesday, November 17th. I almost didn't change that. Good, good catch, huh? <laughs> good catch. And at least, uh, at least you're on top of it. Yeah, we're, we are we are recording a day later because of my internet internet woes. Um, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing a couple of things. It's probably going to be a shorter show than the last couple, but it might be we might carry on. But I've got a short time to get this thing edited, so I don't want to carry on too far. So. We're going to keep it down to a couple uh, couple bits of content here. We're going to talk about 12 great craft beers to pair with your Thanksgiving feast. Now, I'm guessing that you're listening to this as you're preparing Thanksgiving meal. So you still have time as you're listening to go out and grab some of these beers and try it for the no. dinner, right? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Thanksgiving is not this week. Thanksgiving is next week. Oh, you're right. Oh, good catch, Chris. You're right. You still have a week. So yeah, I was. You know what? I was just hoping that Thanksgiving was this week. <laughs> just one more week closer to the end of this damn year. <laughs> I hope it is too, man. I'm I'm going camping next week. So oh, wow. uh, yeah. So we're we're going camping. Uh, we were supposed to go to Ohio, but flipping COVID ruined that. Oh no. Um. Yeah, sadly, my sister in law was tested positive Uh-oh. for COVID. Uh oh. Yeah. Damn. So. So we are not going to go north. Well, we are going north. We're going a couple hours north where we're probably going to wear jeans instead yeah. of coats. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. yeah. We're going to go take the take the whole damn family camping Sweet. <laughs> after uh, after Thanksgiving. We'll leave on Friday. That sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. I look forward to hearing about that trip. Yeah. And uh, and then Chris, uh, you know, has has some little bit of news that he would like to talk about, too, about, uh, you know, mentioning i don't know if did you mention this on the show or was it uh i remember you talking about having a beer that just didn't quite uh, work out um it wasn't it wasn't a beer that i talked about on the show okay uh it was it was a beer that i got um well i mean we'll get into into it a little more uh uh once we get to that part okay okay so we'll keep it a secret i'll let i'll let chris just go ahead and throw it in whenever he's up for it when okay. he feels it's right and of course, as you've already seen, Chris and I will 
continue to have some great beer conversation along the way. So we're going to get started with the conversation, and we're going to – I'm going out of order here, but let's get started with, with yep. some uh, feedback because we do have a couple of feedback from our last episode. And uh, we, you know, we've been a little shy on feedback, and I, we love getting feedback from our listeners. So, Chris, what do you think? You want to take uh, Tom Burns, and I'll take uh, Johans? Absolutely. Okay. We certainly can do that. So, Tom, let's see, where are we starting? Okay. Um, so, Tom Burns messages just on meh, geez, mm-hmm. I can't, this is happening already. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Tom Burns message. message <laughs> wow have another drink i did i did there was a there was a beer at dinner too tom Byrne messaged us on facebook with a few comments literally only hours after our last show posted at approximately 12 30 a.m and tom said cheers boys thanks for the mid-work episode drop that shades kvike beer was a cream ale with hazelnut banana vanilla chocolate and lactose and it looks like muddy water. <laughs> yeah. Sounds delicious. Also, thank you, Denny, for saying Kavike correctly. Ha ha. Beer <laughs> podcast pet peeve. Love the episode, guys. One of my favorite subjects. We just finished our fifth batch made with uh, a Kavike strain. We have used Opshog, Voss, and Hornadol. Uh, I think Denny had a red ale we made back a year or so ago with the White Labs Opshog. Mm -hmm. Just a couple of quick things I wanted to mention that I find interesting. So compared to traditional brewing yeast, the pitch rate on Kavike can go pretty astoundingly low. We have used as little as a teaspoon teaspoon of Kavike. (laughs) Yeah, just cut me a break. It's Tuesday. This is not my normal broadcast. I know, I know. I threw Uh, you off. Yeah, we have used as little as a teaspoon of Kavike slurry for a six-gallon batch. So other advantage for brewers is that you can save a lot of money simply on the volume you need to pitch. Mm. I've heard anecdotally of commercial brewers pitching a homebrew-sized pouch in a five-barrel batch of beer. Hmm. Ooh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, it's worth pointing out that most of the commercial strains of Kvike that are out there in the U.S., uh, Omega, Imperial, White Labs, etc., cetera, uh, are purified strains, uh, purified strain isolates, and many of their original form contain microbes and flora, but those can also be bought from other produ- uh, producers. Mm. In the next couple of weeks, we are trying our hand at a 12 to 14% oak-aged mm. English barley oh, wine. Oh, yum. Oh, man. Made with Hornadol. <laughs> you all right over there? Oh, I, I, I can't wait. I can't. <laughs> Made with Hornadol. And we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, Tom already said he he's had a moment. Yeah, he already said he's sending me he's going to bring over a, a couple bottles uh, for mm. me if it turns out he said. I don't care. Only it's going to be good. good. No, he yeah. he doesn't brew bad beer. So, but I, but uh he hit everything I I love English barley wines and oak age is just going to add that extra, you know, punch to it that I'm I'm really going to enjoy. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's perfect for the Christmas season. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, he did make, he did, I did have a red ale. Now the problem is uh, he brought this red ale over and it it had just been bottled 
and it needed some time to uh, car you know sub carbonate. And so he said, "Hey, uh, give it a couple of weeks, and then uh, I'll let you know when it's good to to pop." I said, "Okay, no problem." So I had it sitting out on you know on out in the open, uh, not in my beer fridge or anything, because I wanted to keep uh, doing this thing. And uh, what happened is it accidentally got caught on like something got caught on the on the the cap and knocked it over. It fell to the floor and then popped the cap off. So I picked it up and I saved half the beer and it was warm. And I said, I just drank it. I said, you know what? I'm not going to waste this. So I poured it into a glass and drank it warm. And I'll tell you what, even warm and not even fully carbonated, I could tell that that beer was, was pretty damn tasty. Uh, I just wish that I wouldn't have wasted my opportunity to try it, you know, fully carbonated and, and chilled. Uh, to get the full effect, but yeah, I, mm. you know, I really I did appreciate that beer that that he made. Uh, I just didn't get it to full, uh, the you know the full character of it uh, uh, and cold. But uh, yeah, Kavike is uh, is quite the the topic. I'm glad that that Tom found it interesting because uh, you know Johan uh, Halberg he also wrote in uh, telling us about his experience with Kavikis and homebrewing. So let's. Let me go ahead and read what Johan had to say. He said, I really enjoyed the last episode when you discussed the Kvike. Like you mentioned, I've brewed with it and it's a and it's a beast of a yeast. Uh -huh. <laughs> LOL. Uh, it fermented out in 48 hours at 32C, which is 90 degrees Fahrenheit. It's crazy. He said, I did a split batch with Citra and Eldorado hops. It's merely seven days old and it's hard to tell, but the Citra version seems more intense so far. Funny thing about Kvike in general is that it doesn't produce any phenols, uh, not even at ridiculous temperatures, just more or less fruity esters depending on the pitch rate and the temperature. I can see why brewers or breweries could benefit from this. The turnaround time for a beer can be at least twice as fast as a regular ale. I'd say you can brew any beer style as long as it isn't yeast-driven, for example, Saison or Hefeweizen or any kind of wild fermentation. If you keep the temperature low and pitch full, you could probably brew a decent lager. And he <clears> said he's tempted to try that, actually. Anyhow, really appreciate all the work you do for this show. It's a highlight for me every other Thursday. Unfortunately, I can't participate on the untapped section too often due to my crazy work schedule, but I really like that segment of the show. Take care and stay safe and cheers. Yeah. So Johan, again, he had some great insight on his personal use of the yeast uh, and, it, and it follows suit with what Tom said. So two home brewers really, uh, really enjoying this yeast and have some, some really uh, positive things to say about it. And, that's why, again, you know, after last episode, I was excited to talk about it because I think this yeast is, uh, you know, is something that is going to be used a lot in the near future in craft in craft breweries and in home brewers uh, alike. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's it for the feedback. Um, if you would like to leave uh, feedback or ask us questions or whatever you would like, you can do that easily through your uh, comments or questions. Uh, through email at taptocraft.gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at taptocraft. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft and leave your comments, questions, feedback there. And 
you can visit our very own website, Tap to Craft Pop Podcast. Yes, we have our own website now. After the last show, I told you I was going to be working more on it. Well, because I haven't had internet for a week, uh, yeah, I haven't even I haven't even up, uh, put on the the latest episode of the Fermented Reality Beer Cast that we did. Uh, luckily, I got that show uploaded and and uh, uh, before I lost my internet, so that would have been a bummer to have uh-huh. held out for another another week or two. But uh, but yeah, that's that's our feedback. Um, I, right now, I want to go ahead and, and give give a toast out to uh, to some people who uh, are, are helping us out a little bit. And uh, this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, who is one of our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamasa, and Mark Church, who they all want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content that we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer, or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. All right, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untap. So we are going to start from nine hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to admit, though, Tom Joseph... Tom Joseph, you've been drinking a lot of good stuff, but everything you checked—excuse me, everything you checked into was from a day ago or or longer <laughs> at this point. But, but uh, got some got some beer carbonation going know, over I, here. I, I might be doing the same thing here in a minute because I'm gonna <laughs> pop open another beer. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, Tom, uh, cheers to you, buddy. It looks like you're checking into some really good beers, but sadly, it didn't make the cutoff time. And hey, you know what? we're mixing things up a little bit this week too. So <laughs> yeah, I know that's, that's, I blame it all on Denny. It's it fault. is my fault. <laughs> no, blame it on century link. That's Screw right. Guys. Yeah. 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 This, this show is not freaking bought to you, brought to you by century, <laughs> century link. What's Dan always say? Big shout out to <laughs> big shout out to spark light internet, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that, whatever that internet called. is. I don't even know what my new internet is, but Hey, all right. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> so our first check-in is going to come from Henrik. He is drinking a geodesic by Gamma Brewing Company at the Bella Casa. Um, and he just wrote them black and white patterns, uh, the can art on this beer. Um, it's very, I don't know if you ever looked at those uh, those those 3D photo books where if you stare at it mm-hmm. and like right in the center and then mm-hmm. try to move it away, there's a hidden image. I'm trying to look at it right now. See if there might be a hidden hidden image in that can art. Uh, there is not. Oh, thanks. I gave it a shot, though. Anyway, uh, <laughs> 3.75 caps for that rating. And that, that geodesic from Gamma Brewing, uh, it's a New England IPA uh, made with Mosaic Idaho 7 hops mm. and a handful of different uh, malts. There we go. Got to use my English. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gamma Brewing is based out of Denmark. Oh, nice. Denmark. All right. Good to see the uh, the overseas stuff as well. That's, yeah, well, Henrik, I think Henrik is one of our Swedish uh, listeners. I do believe you are correct. Yeah. Um, doesn't specify on his profile, though. Okay. So <laughs> guess we'll just have to, uh, well, we'll check. Let's see. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, yeah, I can't really tell where that is either. Anyway, all right, moving on. Um, Will D is drinking a DDH Sensory Overload, so the Double Dry Hop Sensory Overload by ology brewing ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> i know i gotta put that pause in there it's like our sponsor brewer shirts right um you gotta put that uh i gotta put that pause in there and he just writes good stuff four mm. and a quarter caps for the sensory overload um next on the list jc uh he's drinking a we're at a coffee james by divine barrel brewing um he wrote nothing uh, <laughs> gave it a three and three quarter caps rating uh freaking james needs to get his act together and make sure there's coffee uh let's see who is next on the list jeff seiler is drinking a rented luxury by wild mind artisan ales at the fat pelican um he writes really nice hazy ipa citrusy and slightly dank my first beer from wild mind in minneapolis the fat pelican however is in (laughs) carolina beach north carolina okay all right so you're still in your same state but hey always uh always good to have beers from other states too um let's see next on the list (sighs) kevin i'm disappointed kevin argauer who is also tagged Amanda Argauer. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, eh, that girl never checks into her own beer. She makes Kevin do it. <laughs> um, but Kevin is drinking a Christmas Ale 2020 by Bell's Brewery, uh, checking into the untapped at home location. Four and a half caps for this beer. And somebody asked him, how is this one? Kevin said, really good. I'm not usually a big Scotch Ale fan, but this one hit the spot. Mm. So that's good to see. He's uh, trying some stuff he doesn't normally like and enjoying it. Uh, Next on the list, Jeff Seiler again is drinking a permanent crease by New Anthem Beer Project. Checking in at the Fat Pelican again. Wow. Amazing hazy IPA. Tropical, citrusy, and dank. Love it. Mm. 4.75 caps for this beer. Jeff, I'd be curious to know what would have made it a 5-cap rating. Let's see. Next on the list is going to be the Gnarly Gnome. And he is drinking a Loyal Lager by Yards Brewing Company. Beautiful, balanced, leaning into the malt. Absolutely fantastic. No rating for that beer, but some awesome notes for the Loyal Lager. Um, Onward to, yes, continuing the check-in streak for Mr. Chad LaMassa. I was a little worried, Denny, that we were going to break his check-in streak because we weren't reading him on Monday. But, Chad, you're continuing your check-in streak for the Lecter Nectar by RAR Brewing uh, checking into the untapped at home tons of grapefruit and the bitterness that it that brings with it awesome can art too. four and a half caps for this beer lector nectar hmm. uh, let's see jeff seiler has also been rather busy as well the mosaic experience by fun guys brewing brewing at the fat pelican uh four and a quarter caps and he writes dank tropical and creamy delicious Hmm. and let's see we're gonna refresh and art warcheck is drinking a three magic letters by hill farmstead brewery at north phil harmstead which is one of his favorite (laughs) checking places (laughs) he just writes simply 
amazing. 4.75 caps for that beer. And Denny, that is what everybody's drinking. Wow, that was quick. Good job. Wow, everyone's drinking hey, some hey. good stuff. Uh, and I think we got most of the people that normally, you know, are, uh, that we shout out on here. So that's good. Well, and if we don't, if uh, if we didn't read your check-ins, guys, remember you can follow me on Untapped at MCK1345, and we will read your check-ins uh, when we record our show. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, guess what time it is, Chris? It's time for the for brew the buzz. Brew buzz. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, because I'm low on time, I kind of took the easy way out. I just am going to talk about an article, an article found in the Men's Journal website uh, called 12 Great Craft Beers to Pair with Your Thanksgiving Feast. And why did I pick this article? Because... Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and this is an article that, uh, you know, that Chris and I can generate some conversation about talking about Thanksgiving meals, since Chris is a chef, uh, gourmet mm-hmm. chef mm-hmm. at that, uh, you know, he might have some insight on uh, some pairings that maybe the Men's Journal didn't cover, and he might be able to uh, elaborate a little bit more on some things that might be good. So that's why we're doing it, because I was short. I had a short time to put this show together, like literally <laughs> minutes. Uh, and, uh, and hey, we're putting out a show, uh, and keeping our streak strong. Hopefully, we're you know, not missing a, a biweekly episode in six and a half, you know, six and a quarter years or whatever it's been now. Hmm. So, like I said, this is, uh, uh, was written in the Men's Journal website by Joshua Bernstein. And it starts off with 40 years ago, pairing a Thanksgiving feast with a beer barely required brain power. You just chose that lager. Or maybe the other one. Beer. Done. Wasn't that fun? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, that's that's how it was, right? You chose Budweiser or you chose Coors or you chose uh, Miller Dinner and Draft or, you know, Miller Lite. I mean, it's, it's just a lager, lager, nothing too fancy. Um, not really, not really. That wasn't fun. Uh, so wine became the go-to mealtime beverage. Flutes of sparkling champagne to start, moving into white wines with white meat, lighter reds to color the outside, the expected pairing lines, and it's time to dash those grape expectations. America's dynamic craft beer scene offers a cornucopia of perfect couplings. No turkey leg morsel of stuffing or slice of pie served by its lonesome so let's go ahead and uh and check out what kind of craft beers are recommended for different parts of the thanksgiving meal so uh, i'll start this off chris with this first one it's it's short i already read that first part and you can carry on to the second one and we'll just go back and forth all right so first you want to start with lighter beers there are multiple ways to toast a turkey day. Start the festivities with lighter beers, such as a citrusy Belgian-style wit beer, or maybe a gently bitter Pilsner. And um, again, this is always good to start with these lighter beers because, you know what? You're probably starting your drinking early on Thanksgiving Day. At least <laughs> at least I do because, um, you know, normally you know, I, I haven't watched any NFL football this year so far, but I am a sucker for Thanksgiving Day football. And I watch the football games while I'm preparing the turkey and the meal. And as I'm doing that, I enjoy drinking some beer. And so you need to have something a little bit lighter, uh, not so heavy in the alcohol or heavy in the in the in the beer itself, 
so you you can drink it, enjoy it, and and not get mm-hmm. you know blitzed. So I agree with this. Uh, you know, a light lager or a pilsner, um, a, you know, a table beer, you know, something that's just easy to drink uh, and light, just to get the festivity started while you're preparing yeah. the meal. You're absolutely going to need that because, especially, uh, and you, you kind of mentioned my previous occupation, Denny, mm-hmm. in the uh, food world. Yeah. If you guys are drinking super hoppy stuff or you're drinking, you know, big roasty stuff, you need to taste your food before you serve it to people. That's true. If drink, yeah. If you're drinking big beers, it's going to mess with your uh, mess with your palate a little bit and you might not be able to taste stuff as best <laughs> as you could. Yeah. Or you just are thinking you're tasting something that's good. that's actually really not because or, you're, you're yeah. messed up. <laughs> Or if you're drinking those big beers, you're going to be shwasted before you yeah. even get to serve everything, and you're going to mess something up. So that's true. That's stick true. with the light ones, and and then I'm pretty sure, and I haven't read all the way through this article yet, but stick with the light ones, and then kind of gradually increase from there. There you go. Um, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Um, so open a saison or a sour ale with your turkey, so you can slash through the fat of the turkey, doused in rich gravy, buttery stuffing on your fork. Uh, crack into bone dry, effervescent saisons. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm with you again. Even even me who doesn't like saisons, I'm kind of picturing those. I'm kind of thinking about those flavors and mm-hmm. and how these beers would go with it. Oh, it, it sounds really good. Um, that. Did it say something about dry? Yeah, bone dry. So yeah, dry dry beers would go really, really well with those big, just mouth coating flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, the farmhouse ale is a fine friend to foul. You can crack into an acidic sour ale, maybe one that's aged in oak. They cut through some of the heavy flavors, says Les Locke, the head brewer at uh, Southerly Fine Foods and Brewery in San Antonio, Texas. Locke also likes to coast through a meal with Keller beers. Mm, yeah. Nice. All right. I like this article, Denny. You did yeah, good on this yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> Keller beers are a family of unfiltered German ales and lagers. They're beautiful, delicate, soft, and have a nice malt backbone, Locke says. You can keep going to them again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I enjoy a good Keller beer, and and yeah, it's, it's a go-to. It's just an... Yeah, enjoyable. Uh, I, I love the delicate, soft uh, uh, character too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good choices there. I um, I for for my main turkey meal, I have done uh, the saison, and it does go very well with your stuffing. Uh, you, you know, the herbs and stuff and spices in your stuffing, and, and the turkey mm-hmm. and the gravy. I mean, it it really complements it very well. Um, and I, and we also, I think our go-to beer for the family to drink wh- while we're eating turkey dinner, uh, wh- while we're eating actually the meat and stuff is, is Lambics. And again, that's a slightly, mm. slightly sour, not, you know, not too sour, but, uh, it again goes very well with your potatoes and your, and the turkey and your cranberries and everything. It kind of blends really well. And we've done uh raspberry Lambic and we've done, um, a bunch of different, uh, flavors of lambics i'm trying to remember all of them off the top of my head but i can't really but i think raspberry is like the most common one and it's i think lambics are like the perfect thanksgiving mealtime uh beer that you can drink enjoy and it just it really complements all the 
the potato stuffing, turkey and gravy, it, it works really well with it. So that's that's my True. take on that. Okay. <clears throat> As Chris mentioned, uh, choosing your post-turkey brew. Now we're talking about the big beers, right? The meal is done. Uh, you don't have to worry about cutting yourself with a knife as you're trying to slice that turkey. <laughs> you can get a little bit looped and feel good and just like ease into the rest of the evening with a post-turkey brew. So post-dinner, it's tempting to pair a dessert-like pastry stout with the parade of pies. But I find there's way too much sweetness. In fact, I'll often snag a slice of pumpkin pie, then treat beers as my second dessert. Be it... Uh, a rich imperial stout, boozy and belly-warming barley wine, or herbaceous ale to take the edge off that overindulgence. And uh, I, I agree. Um, so another beer that I typically have on Thanksgiving, so as I already mentioned, uh, Saison's I enjoy with Thanksgiving uh, meals and Lambic's with the meal. And then as a, as a dessert, or even sometimes I even do this as a pre-dinner if I'm really on the edge um, is I throw in a barley wine. I th I've mm. done barley wine more times than, than I can even count uh, on Thanksgiving day. Uh, but again, typically it is after dinner because now I'm relaxing. I want to sip on a beer, finish out the games. Uh, usually by the time I'm drinking the barley wine, you know, I've, I've already cleaned up the dishes and the girls are getting ready to go out, do their black Friday shopping at Thanksgiving Eve or evening. Uh, so then I'm just kind of by myself, just, you know, finishing out the last game of the night and, and drinking a bottle of wine. Bottle of wines are great finishing beers. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I've, I've never, I, I think I might've done, uh, the shoots, uh, anniversary, Black Butte anniversary beer. Uh, that's probably the closest thing to something, uh, you know, on the sweeter side. It's not really a sweet beer, but sometimes it can be a little bit sweet, but I, I typically do like just a big big boozy beer, a, a barley wine, a strong ale, you know, something that, that is just kind of like a, like a, a cognac beer type, type thing. You mm -hmm. know, just ease into the night. It's a sipper. Yeah. A sipper. I like the sippers just to, you know, feel good and warm up. All right. So those are just the overall type of beers. And now we're going to go ahead and uh, they provide uh, a dozen widely available beers for you to uh, to put in a foul, festive mood. Put you in a foul, festive mood. These, these guys are funny. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and start off? Go ahead and uh, yeah, go ahead and do all the appetizers. I'll let you do yeah. all those. So we'll talk about some appetizers here. Um, I love that they're calling beers appetizers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Denny, this one, this first one, this is all you. I know, I know, mm. and I haven't had it before. I'm still waiting to have this beer. I um i i haven't been in a beer store very very recently but it's uh the last time i was there i did not see them mm. anyway we're talking about the allagash brewing companies white ease into the marathon of drinking and eating with the allagash white a belgian inspired wit beer with moderate alcohol and massive appeal made with wheat and oats the gently tart citrusy white has a scrubbing carbonation to clean your clean slate your palate after attacking the cheese plate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that. Uh. I like that. All right. Next on the list is going to be Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project, their Sour Rosé. Mm. If friends and family swear they despise beer, glug some Sour Rosé into their wine glasses. 
It's aged in oak barrels along alongside raspberries and blueberries, mm. lending appealing fruitiness and a pink tint to the to the brightly acidic, elegantly fizzy sipper. Try it with rich cheeses and charcuterie. Okay, so this beer has actually shown up in my area, and mm-hmm. I I don't believe I've ever grabbed it. But now after reading this, if if it's available at our co-op this year, I'm going to grab one for Thanksgiving uh, because it's that that description right there just like made me like want that beer. So I'm going to try yeah. it. <laughs> well, and that and I, and this this works out really well. Um, it does make some it does make some uh, sense that you would want to do that because uh, or to look for a beer like this because mm-hmm. not only you know like I said if friends and family swear they despise beer this could be a good yeah. gateway for them yeah. Uh, yeah especially if they're big wine people so they can get mm-hmm. those uh, get those fruity flavors or it's aged in oak barrels yeah. so you yeah. get that that the dryness uh, that, and mm-hmm. yeah so yeah if you can find it crooked stave I mean. Um, they, they make some pretty fantastic beers too. So yeah, if you, yeah. If you can find it, I'd get it. Next on the list is going to be Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers. Their gold and grain. The lager-focused Massachusetts brewery makes a range of unfiltered Keller beers, including the lightly bitter gold and grain that contains spelt. It's yeah. an excellent all-day drinker. Mm. Now, Denny, do you know what spelt is? Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's a kind of an old style or old kind of wheat. Mm-hmm. For, for if you're not sure what it is, uh, it's with uh, kind of it's it's kind of different. It's kind of like, um, well, have you have you eaten it before? Is that how you know about it? No, 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 only in beer. Oh, okay. I, I only, I've only. Uh, I mean, I I don't think I've ever ate spelt uh, on its own, but I have researched it in beers that that use spelt as a, a ingredient. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I'm taking this off of healthline.com. So I don't have to try to figure <laughs> out how to word this. Um, spelt is an ancient whole grain grown in many parts of the world. It declined in popularity during the 19th century, but it's now making a comeback as the health food. Mm. Um, it's, it, I do believe it's related to wheat. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Spelt is a type of grain that is strongly related to wheat. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's going to be, let's see, da, 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 da. they both contain gluten. So if you're gluten intolerant, don't drink the spelt beers. Yeah, yeah. Now, Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers is one of those, uh, I mean, this is a brewery that, that's on one of my on my bucket list of breweries to try their beers. I have, is it? Uh, yeah, I have not had any of their beers, but I hear that they make some really good uh, lagers and, and ales. So I, I definitely want to try their beers. Okay. Let's see. And I think the last one I've got here is going to be Victory Brewing Company, their Prima Pills. Mm. Crisply refreshing pilsners are perfect for powering through a cheese course. They're big on the cheese. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cheese on Thanksgiving. Lots of cheese on Thanksgiving, <laughs> at least for, for these guys. Um uh, perfect for powering through a cheese course or complementing a few salty fistfuls of nuts and crackers. Mm-hmm. Victory recently reformulated its Pilsner to slightly reduce the bitterness, making the crowd pleaser all the easier to drink. European imports such as Pilsner or Quell and Rothhaus Pils. Oh, geez. Uh, Rothhaus Pils, <laughs> Tannin. Tannins apple. Let's go with yeah, that. That looks great. That's great. And are also great options. 
Yeah, this Prima Pills, um, I love this beer. And I, you know what? I need to drink more of it. Uh, I, you know what? I need to pick up a six-pack of this, too, if if we can still get it uh, locally. I, I just love this beer. Have you, have you drink much Prima Pills? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I have. Mm. Um, do I see? Yeah, I see victory here. Mostly, what we see though is going to be the uh, the golden monkey. Yeah, the golden monkey. Yeah, I love that beer too. That's such a good beer too. You know what? We see. You know where I see that a lot, Denny, is in our gas stations around here. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. When you want to get wasted real real quick, Uh, go grab the golden monkey. It'll uh do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's like a nine yeah, percent beer too. Big beer. So, but it's it's definitely really good. Um, it's a beer you shouldn't be selling at gas stations. I don't think, right? You don't want to drink. You don't want to be selling those big beers. People come in, get some gas, a you know, a nine percent beer that they drink on the way out. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, look, I, I it surprises me. So one of our local gas station chains here is called. It's a, it's such a dumb name, but Wawa. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the name of the of the name of the chain um and it surprises me the the different types of beers that they that they sell in just this gas station now it's kind of a i look at it as kind of a more higher end gas station because they do offer um like they'll make sandwiches and salads and soups and different coffees and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for you too um but you know you i i've seen anything from just you know cigar city high lie to victory golden monkey um what else have i seen i mean there's just stuff in there that goes this is kind of a step up from what you would see at a gas station yeah yeah but you know i don't hate that it's there because you know i've stopped at a at a, at a wawa right before i went to the, <laughs> a concert a couple of years ago right next to the the venue and you know we were able to tailgate on the cheap yeah yeah no i i can't I don't want to complain about having good beers in gas stations because I'll be honest with you. The last time I was in Vegas, um, you know, we kind of went off of the strip and visited a couple, you know, gas station convenience stores. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at some beers that we picked up and they were actually pretty reasonably priced in there too. It wasn't like, you know, we were picking up some good beers uh, with, for a good price. And so, yeah, gas station. I mean, if they can give you good beers when you need it, uh, that's good. Because if you buy something on the strip, you're going to pay a premium price for it in, in Vegas. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the main courses and side dishes. And uh, let's see. The first one we're going to start off with is a no-brainer. Anyone who uh, appreciates good saisons would appreciate the Brasserie du Pont. Uh, which is from, which is known as Saison Dupont. Saisons uh, are the do-it-all heroes of Thanksgiving dinner, serving as a palate priming aperitif or st- uh, starring with turkey. Belgium's Saison Dupont remains the style's north star, dry, citrusy, and peppery enough to slash gravy's richness or snuggle up to salads and vegetables. And anyone who enjoys saisons and who has not had a saison dupont um go out and get a saison dupont they mm-hmm. are really good saisons i i've had a number of different uh versions of them i've had them uh you know around the world and uh, even 
honestly, I think they taste better when they're aged a little bit, you know, traveling overseas. I, I, I don't, I don't feel that uh, I'm losing anything by getting a Saison DuPont here in the States. Uh, the, the beer is still fantastic. For one thing, they are, uh, they're served in bottles, green bottles. So they need to have some of that uh, skunkiness to it, right? That, that light struck character to give it the full flavor of the, of the beer. And, and honestly, the skunkiness doesn't really come out strong in it. It just kind of works well with the beer. Uh, so yeah, definitely go out and try it. And just because it's in a green bottle, don't put your nose up to it. It is actually a really, really good beer. Way better than other green bottled beers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next is Creature Comforts Brewing uh, Table Beer. After spending all day cooking, sometimes you just want to simplify your beer selection. Turn to the Georgia Brewery food-friendly table beer, a bubbly Belgian-style blonde ale that's happy to sit beside your silverware no matter the course. Have you had Creature Comforts uh, table beer before? Uh, Not table beer, but I've definitely had some stuff from Creature Comforts, which Mm -hmm. I believe they are out of Georgia. Oh, yeah. yeah, It looks like it it says Georgia. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, see if you can get table beer and, and, and give it a shot. I know you're not a huge Belgian beer fan, but no. uh, but but try it out and let me know. No, no. That was I wasn't a, a huge Belgian beer fan when I first started talking to you guys six years ago. <laughs> that has all changed. Just like yeah. your your uh your take on the uh the beer the sockeye winterfest has changed in just a true seven seven years. Seven. Good <laughs> well no, I've been uh, drinking the sockeye winterfest for uh, for 18 years. It's just that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I've been drinking for a long time. I just, Half my life, Danny, I just haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's how it is. That's, that's how you, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I've been drinking a long time. I just, ha- I mean, it's just funny that I haven't, I, I only put those two entries into untapped. And now that I see that the beer is actually changing from year to year, I need to mm-hmm. check that in more often. This is a beer that really sockeye needs to, put yearly revisions in if they're going to change the recipe from year to year they need to go ahead and document that so people can rate it accordingly right because if they go and look at my ratings from seven years ago they may say oh it's not that great and again that year it wasn't as good as previous years and it isn't it wasn't as good as the one that's currently out right now so they definitely need to maybe change the way that they are uh, you know documenting their beers on a tap because mm-hmm. uh, the beer I'm drinking right now is really really good and you know I I said four and a quarter you know I might even bump that up to four and a half because uh, I mean it is a it's it's a very tasty beer and I might go out and get a couple more six packs just because I enjoy it that much. All right now now on to the next beer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I didn't even get sidetracked. All right so now we're going to New Belgium. New Belgian Brewing, and uh, and this is a beer that I, man, I love this beer. It's yeah. La Folie. Uh, La Folie is uh, is a fantastic brown, uh, you know, sour brown ale. So it says the fruity, venuous verve. What? How do you say that in French? Verve? Ver- no, verve? it's just verve. Verve of yeah. La Folie, a wood-aged sour brown ale, is a killer contrast to a turkey's dark, salty, and delicious fatty bits. Past the crunchy skin, please. If you can find a beer that has a little or a lot of oak, it can cut through the fat, says Forbidden Roots Mosher. Hmm. 
So yeah, I I love this beer. And and the you know if if you could see behind me right now, I have yeah. a ton of La Folie uh, bottles from New Belgium, twenty two ounce bottles on my on my wall because I I used to buy this beer every year. And you know what? I need to maybe try to pick this up again this this year because um, I love I love this beer. All right. Uh, moving on to something a little, a little lighter. We're going to the Sierra Nevada Brewings Hazy Little Thing IPA. One of America's best widely available unfiltered IPAs is Hazy Little Thing. Sierra Nevada's smooth sipping, fruit charged breakfast star. Soft, easy drinking hazy IPAs are win wins. They won't ravage anyone's taste buds with bitterness and they can still clean up the fat of the turkey. And the last beer for your main course is Trogues Independent Brewing's Blood Orange Cranberry Tart Ale. Inspired by the Madras cocktail, the Pennsylvania brewery's tangy citrusy ale is packed with blood oranges and cranberries and seasoned with sea salt. It's gangbusters with relish. Yeah, that sounds good. I that could does use sound a good, good. Yeah, yeah, I could use a blood orange cranberry tart ale right now. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's something we would want to turn into a next category mm-hmm. of dessert. <laughs> uh, and the next one we're going to talk about is going to be the dessert and after dinner drink section. Uh, we've got a couple in here that I know the first one I would definitely go with, but the next, the second one I'm not a hundred percent on cause I'm not familiar. Oh yeah. And the third one, that's uh that's a definite, definite uh yeah you got it thank you (laughs) i was in the middle of highlighting that all right so the the first first one we're going to talk about is from anchor brewing Mm. uh the old foghorn barley wine style ale right up your alley oh yeah it's good it's good (laughs) to end this night with a little heat Sutherly's Lock likes a classic barley wine. First brewed in 1975, Anchor's strong, sweetly warming old foghorn remains an enduring and affordable classic. The caramel-like flavors pair well with pies or they're just fine on their own. Yeah, affordable is correct because I think these beers are still like, you know, $3 a bottle, which is super cheap wow yeah but they're small bottles they're not big they're like okay. you know 12 ounce bottles but still i mean even normally uh you, you know you're gonna pay four to four and above for a 12 ounce barley wine can mm-hmm. and this is still like three and below i think it might even be it might, i think it's three bucks a, a bottle which is really good so. Yeah, that's definitely good. Uh, next on the list is going to be from Forbidden Root. They're frenetic, and they talk about an Amaro beer. What's an Amaro beer? I don't know. That's new to me. Um, I, sh- I should have looked it up if I had time. <laughs> that's okay. Look, we'll, 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 we'll do this on the fly. We're okay with that. Uh, an Amaro beer. Oh, Amaro is, come on. I think it has something to do with ginger beer. Oh, I love ginger beer. Yeah. And if you put alcohol uh, in ginger beer, it's even better. <laughs> uh, Amaro and beer cocktail. Let's but, see. But, you know, okay, my ginger so. beer my ginger beer has to be like super strong. Super gingery, gingery. right? Yeah. We, we're very picky. And the one ginger beer we really enjoy is Bedford's ginger beer. So if you want to find okay. one that's really 
uh, good and and doesn't have any extra crap in it, uh, Bedford's is really good. Bedford, okay. huh? Yeah. Okay. So Amaro, or what is an Amaro? One of these spirits of any kind is Amaro, an herbal liqueur whose name in Italian means bitter. So uh, it's made from infusing a base of alcohol grape, brandy, neutral spirits, or wine with a proprietary blend of herbs, roots, flowers, and spices. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, by the way, Amaro is singular, and Amari is not MRE like meals ready to eat, <laughs> but Amari is plural. While technically incorrect, I've also seen lots of people use Amaros for, for plural as well. Um so it they kind of talk about amaro versus bitters and uh hmm I think we're going to go we're going to run down a rabbit hole okay, I don't think that, I want to do that yeah, so okay. um so forbidden root frenetic and amaro beer is a lovely way to start or end the meal says forbidden root founder Robert Finkel Finkel. Uh, <laughs> he's Einhorn. Uh, try this brewery's Frenetic, a collaboration with uh, Fernet Branca, which features 14 stomach-soothing herbs, including <laughs> oh, angelica and peppermint. All oh, right. So, okay, okay this, is like, this is like an aperitif. <laughs> yeah. This is, okay, cool. Yeah, this is interesting. I don't know. This this went on its own little downward spiral without us even having to research yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. yeah what do you right. think? What and, do you think? Of, wait, what do you think about that? Is that something that I don't know? I I I like strange things, but this uh, this might be a little too strange for me. Um, I I'm kind of on the fence about it, mm -hmm. right? I, I and if you've ever done the like peppermint, um, I, I've even had some drinks that are kind of like not full drinks, but like a little sipper cup, like an aperitif yeah. cup where you get yeah. to like have a have like maybe a shot's worth of something that's maybe minty or that uh, even some sorts like that mint chocolate that kind of yeah. soothes, yeah. soothes your digestive system. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, because Thanksgiving to me uh as much as I hate to do it is like, to me, it's that, uh, I'm very, I'm very big on yeah, the, the dinner's good, but the mm -hmm. desserts are, yeah, are pretty yeah. much what I'm about for that. Yeah, um, yeah. so it might be able to help settle down that like, Oh, you had some pumpkin pie yeah, and some apple yeah. pie and, <laughs> and, and yeah. uh, yeah, just trying to settle it all down. But okay. I don't know. You know what I, and Denny, you know me, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, if we'll I can try, try it. it. Yeah, we'll try it. That's right. And last but certainly not least, and you know what? Talk all the smack about this when you want. I have two of them in my <laughs> fridge right now, and I'm going to go get them even when I'm camping. I'm going to go Ooh. find these. The Goose Island Beer Company's Bourbon County Stout. Okay. Fall's annual release, Goose Island, which is owned by AB InBev. Yeah. Yep continues to set a high bar for barrel age decadence. Look, I don't care who you are. This is one of the best barrel aged beers that I've, that I get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's normally, and I say normally, cause they did have a couple of years in the past yeah. where they had some issues with it, yeah, but look, it normally yeah, contamination issues. It's solid. Normally yeah. it's solid. I'm still curious to try the ones that are in my fridge. Anyway, 
continues to set a high bar for barrel aged decadence. Push the pie aside and simply fill a snifter with this fudgy spirited imperial stout aged in barrels that once held wild turkey and buffalo trace and heaven hill bourbons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit that um, this beer, they do make some good beers. Now the variants are, I mean, it used to be in the past, it was very difficult to get uh, Bourbon County stout. Uh, and especially the variants of it and the variants, the variants yeah, yeah. They're, they're tough to get. They don't necessarily come to all areas. And so, uh, it, it might be, it might be a tough, but now I'll, I'll tell you what, um, this beer is a lot easier to get now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's good. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it's good, but, uh, I'm waiting for the price to come down to a more reasonable price because I think it's, it's going to reduce in price eventually. Um, and I know it has even, even in the past, like, uh, last year when I bought it, Mm -hmm. um, I want to say I paid like eight 99 for the bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Um, a good price. That's a good price. Cause it's like an 11 ounce bottle, right? 11, 12. Uh, yeah, I want to seven. I want to say it's like 375, 375 milliliters or a 12 ounce, or maybe it might be 16 ounce bottle. No, no, it's a little bigger. I think it's like eleven point something. It's like like the oh, three thirty three. Yeah, it's, I think it's a smaller bottle. I but I might be wrong. Okay, but I know the big ones. Um, like the big ones that people always go for is it's a five hundred milliliter bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big ones that people always go after are the, the proprietors Bourbon County Stout, and mm-hmm. normally, as far as I know, those were always released at the brewery in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year they've got a couple of different, uh, variants that I'm sure, you know, everybody, you you can find just the base bourbon County stout on, I I've seen them at our local grocery store and they've Mm -hmm. sat there and I'm like, yeah, "Mm, all right, well, (laughs) I got mine. It's sitting in the fridge. I'm going to wait for the discount to go on discount. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I, and I know, I know even though they've already been sitting in a barrel for about a year or so they still age very well. Yeah. They still do. Um, but the, the versions they're going to have coming this year in 2020, uh, the basic one, Bourbon County stout, um, the Bourbon County, Kentucky fog stout, Hmm. which, uh, I'm trying to pick out the, the little bits of it. Um, they've added Earl gray tea and black tea. Ooh. Oh, I love tea addition. Yeah. So, um, the the tasting notes in it are going to be black licorice and this is this is different which i'd still be interested in trying this the tasting notes black licorice white pepper mm. citrus florals and graham cracker wow that's <laughs> holy smokes that's, that's interesting. a lot of uh, different flavors in there I, I you know what again i i i mean come on i tasted mustard beer a couple of weeks <laughs> that's ago that's true that's true which and it was really good too yeah. um their special number four stout which is going to be notes of coffee vanilla toasted nuts cocoa and maple uh their carmella ale uh this is going to be caramel red apple cinnamon and funnel cake wow the proprietors proprietors uh bourbon county stout which is going to be kind of the cocktail cherry pistachio dark chocolate vanilla and oak Mm. and then this the um the anniversary bourbon county stout which is going to be chocolate bourbon vanilla burnt sugar Ooh, that's pretty awesome um (laughs) oak and dried dark fruit and then this last one 
I'm on the fence about mostly just because I've been burnt in the past from beers or things in general with this flavor mm-hmm. birthday birthday. Now I don't know if it's necessarily birthday cake, <laughs> but it just says birthday bourbon County stout. We partnered with the old Forester brand and paired bourbon County stout with barrels from one of the world's most sought after bourbons, old Forester birthday bourbon. All right. So it's based off of this bourbon. Yeah. That's like a special release from the okay. bourbon producer. Okay. Notes of chocolate, vanilla, maple, berry, and cinnamon. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I, and you know what, as much as we, well, and we, we kind of back up some of the, some of the breweries that, that have sold to big beer. And like, if you, if you make good beer and you continue to make mm-hmm. good beer, I'm going to continue to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to go. I'm not going to like, wait in line for any of these but you know what i'm still gonna grab a bottle or two of just the regular bourbon county yeah yeah i'll be honest with you um i actually appreciate that goose island is available in venues that normally wouldn't have good beer mm-hmm. because they are owned because you know ab InBev just happens to be the one that's bringing the beer in for that venue yeah. for a concert or whatever and when I have an option to have a, a a really good beer, I jump at it because I would rather pay that money to have a good beer than to, to buy something just to drink a beer that I don't like. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate Goose Island. And I think, I think they've actually held strong to their core values as far as uh, of, of continuing to brew excellent beer even mm-hmm. though they're they're owned by a big conglomerate beer company, I, and I still yeah. drink their beer, I still enjoy it. So yeah, I'm I, I enjoy their beer right now probably more than I'm enjoying Lagunitas beer, which is a sad thing for me to say because Lagunitas, before they they went into business with Heineken, was my favorite mm-hmm. favorite brewery. Since oh, wow. then, I honest I don't drink any Lagunitas beers anymore. I've just been I mean, them and Stone, and Stone hadn't even sold out, but Stone is so far, like, in the, I mean, they, they have messed up so badly that I don't even buy any of their beers anymore because I, I think they've totally lost their mind, and their beers just haven't been, uh, in my opinion, that great for me to go out and, and, and spend that money. So things have changed a lot in the last 10 years in, yeah. in my beer world. So I gotta crack open my next my oh. my last beer in the cooler. Oh damn! What do you bring? What do you bring into the show? Um, a Bourbon County this? Stout? <laughs> no, we're not going that big. It's it's been a quite a beer afternoon. But this next one I'm going to drink is called Raspberry Beer Ray. Oh, I it's like that a, Raspberry Beret. Yeah, nice. remember what you said earlier. I know. Yeah. Hey, I know you're not a big fan of the Belgian beers. Yeah, this is a Belgian style wit. Yeah, I think Brewed I've had raspberries. What, what is this beer? Because I think I've had this beer. Uh, it's from a, a brewery called Flying Fish, which is out of uh, Summerdale, New Jersey. Oh, so maybe you have. I don't know. Um, but this one I had uh, a couple of days ago, which. I wonder if you could type correctly. <laughs> um, I had a couple of days ago, which was really good. Okay. And it was it was just simple and easy to drink. Now, and it, the raspberry flavor was was quite on point. 
Mm. And it's a, see, Be- it's a Belgian ale? It's a it's a wheat beer. It says it's a Belgian wit a Belgian style wit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and the raspberry flavor is just just super good. Nice. Uh, I mean I'm I'm kind of drooling right now just hearing you talk about it. It sounds yeah. delicious. It's a it's nice and light and it's that that raspberry flavor. Um they did a really good job with this one. Yeah. I've definitely had raspberry beers where that gets over the over the top too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want too much cuz what happens when you have when it becomes too much uh, flavor is that you just want like one and then you're done, right? You can't mm-hmm. have any more. It's just too much. Yeah. After you take that first kind of, you take that first gulp, all the flavor, like the, the flavor lightly sits, kind of hangs out on your tongue a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it's, it's pretty much gone. And then okay. you can have another sip. And uh, so, yeah, I, I like this one. This is the second one I've had. Nice. Nice. All right, Chris, you know what? We're getting towards the end of the show, but I want you to make sure we talk about your topic you wanted to bring about yeah. that uh, brewery. So why don't you go ahead and start talking about that? So a couple of days ago, well, not a couple of days ago. Let's see. <laughs> a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, this was, this was Wednesday, last Wednesday. Um, okay. I was drinking a beer from, oh, crap, completely just ruined my phone here. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, I was cracking open a beer that I got from uh the beer shipping company that we talked about a lot uh called Tavor all mm-hmm. right i cr- i cracked open a beer and oh no 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 this this was okay this was kind of a i i need to back up even a little bit further i got this beer from Tavor um you know when you hold a beer the mm-hmm. side walls of a can are normally very firm yeah, and yeah. You know, the carbonation makes them very firm yep. well this beer it was a little soft. It was yeah. a little squishy. I, I've been um, there before. So I was a little concerned, but I said, you know what? We're going to crack it open. We're going to drink it. We're going to try it out anyway. Cracked it open, poured it in a glass. Uh, this is where I'm going to I'm gonna talk up Tavor a little bit. The beer was off. Something was <laughs> off about it. I don't know if the fill was wrong. It was kind of less carbonated than I imagined it would be. The beer was called uh, Rise of the Underdog, and they had a picture of Underdog, the cartoon character. Oh, that's old school. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And he was, you know, showing his muscles off and everything. And I was like, all right, we got to try this. I believe it was a milkshake IPA. Um, And I was really excited to try it. Rise of the Underdog. Um, I was really excited to try it. Mostly, yeah, milkshake IPA, double IPA with lactose, vanilla bean, and passion fruit, mm. double dry hopped with Idaho 7 and Azaka hops. Okay. So really excited to try it. Uh, cracked it open. The first can I got, it sucked. Easy answer, <laughs> it sucked. Okay. I just, you know what? It, there was something off about it. There were off flavors. I can't remember what off flavors I had in it originally. So I emailed Tavor. I said, look, uh, something was up with this. It wasn't carbonated right or whatever was going on with it. Tavor stepped up and they said, Hey, you know what? We've got a couple left. We'll send you one in your next crate. No oh. charge. And we'll actually, you, I paid, I think it was like seven bucks for the original can. Mm-hmm. They refunded six of those $7 oh. and sent me a second one to try it out. Nice. I was like, you know what? Good on you. You know what? Thank you. Yeah, we that's appreciate good service. that. That's good service. That's, that's great service. Um, so I got the new one and I went, all right, you know what? Let's try this out. I'm really excited about it. Cracked the beer open. Carbonation was great. Um, big, just 
big Band-Aid flavor <laughs> in this beer. And I went, man. <sighs> so, oh, no. So I, I took I took a page out of your book, Denny, mm. and I and I said, OK, look, if if I was brewing the beer and, and if or if I was putting out a product and there was an issue with the product, I would personally want to know. Yeah. So I messaged him on Instagram. I said, hey, guys, I hope you're doing well. Um, I've had a handful of your beers, and they have been fantastic. I just wanted to bring something to your attention. I've mm-hmm. got this I got this beer through Tavor. I sent him a picture of me holding the can. Um, and I'm not sure if there was an off flavor developed in the brewing process, but I got a real strong flavor of Band-Aid in the mm-hmm. first sip that I took. Again, just wanted to make you guys aware I know this is something that you can potentially that can potentially happen during the process. Cheers. Keep up the great work. Uh, and I wrote P.S. Again, I've enjoyed a handful of your other beers. Yeah. Um, I sent that out on Wednesday at 410 mm-hmm. p.m. At 524, I get an, uh, a message back. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. We apologize. You had a poor experience with our beer. We take the quality of our beer very seriously. We'd love to make this right. And make this right and send you some beer. Would you mind providing us with your shipping address? Mm. And I went, wait a minute. You guys are going to send me beer. Not, not just one, but beers, plural, mm. send you some beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I gave him my address. Hey, thank you. And I said, look, that would be awesome. Thank you for standing behind your beers like this. And I said, you know, maybe in the future, Denny, I think we need to talk to him uh, and, and do an interview with him sure. in the future. Because, yeah. you know, I, I know you and I have gone through beers in the past where, you know, there's been an off flavor. Mm-hmm. That, and I know that stuff happens. Yeah. And these guys stepped up and absolutely said, you know what? No, we want to make this right. We want to send you some beers. Um, you know, how can we do that? So I said, hey, thanks. We'd love to chat with you guys in the future. Uh, and it looks like that this will probably happen after the new year. Okay. Um, but I said, hey you know, thank you. I said, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. And they said, and they wrote back and said, no, thank you for being understanding. We'll put together some replacement beer, uh, replacement beer goodies and send your way. This is Beth and Jason Lackney guys. If I butchered in your name, I'm sorry, Jason, (laughs) Beth and Jason Lackney, or yeah, that's the only way I could remember to pronounce it. It's L A C N Y Lacney or Lackney. Uh, It's the uh, owners and the brewers. Uh, we would love to be on the podcast. And they said, hey, things are crazy now. Let's let's maybe look at it in the beginning of the year. So, um, All right. What's, they the, said, hey, what's the brewery? The brewery is Four Fathers Brewing out of Valparaiso, Indiana. Okay. And yesterday I got a photo of the of the shipping label that they're sending that they're sending this beer out i said look you guys are awesome thank you very much they they told me that they dropped a couple of cans of a collaboration that they did as well uh cheers thank you very much uh guys i i can't say thank you enough to a brewery that does something like this yeah no that's i really can't that's fantastic if you want to talk about going above and beyond if they would have just said hey you know what we're sorry that you had that. We'll look into it. Me personally, the fact that they owned up to it, I would have been totally fine with it. It yeah. happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, these, these guys went above and be, you can't even go. That's far, far above and beyond. Yeah. yeah. I've had one other, I've had one other brewery do this, but they sent me the same beer that I asked for, that I told them about. They sent me a replacement for that beer. Mm-hmm. Just the one. Yeah. Um, 
this this could be you know two three two or three beers i don't know yeah, but yeah no it's always good i i've had i've had good and bad experiences with me bringing up uh issues mm-hmm. um, there's one brewery i won't mention but i i had a gusher right and i brought right. to her attention that hey something is seriously wrong with this beer mm-hmm. uh it, and it just kept gushing and gushing and gushing i just didn't want anything that you know anyone to get injured by this thing exploding because it was definitely a, a problem and uh I got, I didn't get, you know, they said, okay, thanks for bringing our attention. Um, we figured out the issue. Uh, try our, all I, all I said was try our next batch was coming out. So I did, I went and got their next batch. I opened it, tried it. It didn't have a problem. And I wrote back showing a video and everything that, Hey, look, you guys did good. It, it, it's much better. Thanks. Uh, but, but nothing, right. Okay. I don't expect, you know, anything, but it would have been nice if they would have, at least said, hey, come down to there's a local brewery. Come down to the brewery and, and have one on draft and as a thanks, you know, for you know, a repayment of of you wasting your six bucks or whatever. So that bad experience. Then I had another local brewery, and I will mention this brewery because this brewery really like like your experience, really handled the the potent the potential issue uh very well. And the same thing. The same issue you had at the first beer, right? I go and I pick up a six pack. I bring it home. Um, I don't realize the time I picked it up that the cans, like a couple of the cans in the six pack were the same way you described, squishy. Mm-hmm. I open it up, no no, no fizz at all. I pour it into a glass, no head, no bubbles, nothing. I drink it completely flat. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. So I, you know, write them a, on Facebook. I write them a message saying, hey, I just want to let you guys know um, I picked this this beer up at this store and this is what I experienced. I just want to make sure if you might, you know, check and make sure you don't have a uh, an issue with your packaging line because th- there's no carbonation in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to let you guys know so you guys can take, take care of it. I didn't want anything. They wrote back right away and said, hey, thank you for bringing this. We, we know this was an issue. We're sorry that we, we, tr- we thought we got all these uh, six packs out of the system, but it looks like one made it out there. Um, to make it up to for you, we want you to come come to the brewery, pick up another six pack, and have a pint on us. So not only did I get my six pack uh, paid for, you know, with a six pack I picked up from them, but they wanted me to buy me a pint of beer uh, at the brewery as well. And and I was like, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. I mean, again, good service. They understand I, we weren't trying to uh, to make a big issue out of it we just want to to help them out and it's it's good when breweries reciprocate back uh, on that goodwill so i'm glad that uh, that you're having that good experience too yeah all right chris now it's time to talk about our new and noteworthy beer since you just got done chatting although i just got done talking for a few minutes but <laughs> i'll go first i'm gonna go quick because i i said i want to keep this about an hour and we're already over an hour so uh well, we'll, we'll move through these quickly then yeah we'll go through quickly but I'm going to start out. I have three beers to talk about um, from two different breweries. The first brewery is a brewery I've mentioned many times on the show over the years, a brewery I love out of Utah called Epic Brewing. They also mm. have a brewery out of Colorado. Both breweries, very good. And this beer is a variant of a beer I adore, and it's Big Bad Baptist is the beer I adore. I have a T-shirt I wear all the time that supports this beer, uh, and they have variants that, that come out. So the base beer alone, outstanding. Then they put out variants of it where there's a, a quadruple uh, barreled uh, 
version of it or or what I'm drinking tonight, which is a uh, big bad big bad Baptist pecan pie. Oh, uh, and this is their 2020 special version of this beer. Now, I I have been very um, thrifty with my beer purchases because uh, you know I've been trying not to spend as much money on beers, but. If there's a beer they're going to pay twenty dollars for a twenty-two ounce bottle for, and I and I won't be disappointed. It's definitely Epic Brewing and of course their Big Bad Baptist series because I've never been disappointed by these beers, and I think I've rated all of them five cap ratings. No change here. This beer is a five cap rating. I have no qualms about rating it five. Uh, again, it has that base imperial stout character that i love and it adds in those extra flavors of pecans some caramel uh, toasting you know caramel uh, uh malt in there and uh and it's really good so let me just say i, I wrote it here on a tap real quick i said uh, again i've never been let down by a big baptist beer and this is no exception such a great beer with a complex collection of flavors oh so delicate and perfectly blended it's a bit expensive, but worth the money. You won't be disappointed. And it is. It's a $20 bottle. But even with that price point, I don't feel that I was let down by the beer. The beer is worth every penny of that $20. And like I said, those flavors, it's so complex that you drink it right up front. You get that. You feel the heaviness of that Imperial Stout and the the, the viscous, uh, you know, beer coming into your mouth and then you start to taste the different flavors and those flavors build upon each other as they go from the front of your mouth to the mid to the finish you get all these different flavors that blend perfectly together and it ends with a very smooth non-boozy 11 and a half percent imperial stout which is incredible and uh you know what i that's all i'm gonna say uh if you have a chance of getting a Big Bag Baptist beer, pick it up. You won't be disappointed. And if it's a variant, pay that little extra money for that variant because, again, it's a beer that is going to satisfy you. They don't put out bad product. And, and that's a five-cap rating in my book. All right. Now I'm going to go to a brewery that is out of Florida. Yes, a Florida brewery. And True. this is um, – I've got two beers here. i got to find them on my – my uh, untapped here. Um, we talked about these beers. These beers were sent by our friends at Fermented Beer or Fermented Reality Beer. Well, Fermented Reality out of Tampa, uh, the Beer Garden, and you know they're the same guys that were doing the extra podcast, uh, the Beer Cast, and uh, they sent some beers for us to drink on the first episode. And two of the beers they sent, I'm going to talk about right now. Now, on the sh- the show, if you listen to the show, I was. Uh, Excited about, I, I really enjoyed one beer, and then the other beer, I was like, yeah, this is not very good. And I'll tell you what, the beer I enjoyed, still love it. Very good. In fact, that's what I'm going to talk about right now, and it's called, um, let's see, it's it's from Tripping Animals Brewing out of, it's somewhere in Florida. Is it out of Tampa, or is it out of? Uh, Tripping Animals is in Doral, Florida. Doral, Yes. Um, and this is the first beer is I am a dog. That's the name of the beer. I love the name. It has this this image of this cartoon dog with his tongue hanging out like a Datsun, like long, long dog. And um, 
What I said about this beer is I really like this fruited sour. The coconut and lime with a hint of pineapple is refreshing and a satisfying beer. Just a bit of tartness to finishing finishing crisp and dry. Uh, and, and this beer is like drinking a key lime pie, basically. I mean, it's got a, a, a big lime flavor with a coconut and um, and a little bit of pineapple. It's not tropical, but it's a very well done fruited sour. And on the show that we recorded for that, I enjoyed it. And drinking a second can off the show by itself, um, I still enjoyed it and gave that a four and a half cap rating. Now, the other tripping animals brewing uh, sour, fruit of sour that was sent was called, you know, we had I am or am I a dog? Now we have am I a cat? And again, this is a cat on this label. And, uh, but this beer is a lot different than the first one. This one has uh, coconut and pomegranate and blueberries, I think, was the three main flavors. And it's a fruit of sour. And on the fermented beer, uh, fermented reality beer cast, I drank this one right after I drank the first one. And to me, the flavors were muddled. Now, I'm wondering if I felt that they were muddled together because I was following it up with another beer that was kind of making my palate uh, you know, taste something different. So on this beer, I had these two beers, the second cans, on separate days. So I didn't have anything interrupting my palate. And I'll tell you what, um, I had a, I enjoyed this uh, Am I a Cat much better the second time I had it because I was able to enjoy the flavors that were being presented. And again, it was big on the coconut. Now, if you don't like coconut, you're not going to like these beers because they do have a very strong upfront coconut flavor. But um, the fruit in this really worked out well. So what I said about this one, uh, this is the second can of this I've had, and I am, I will say I'm enjoying this beer far much uh, now than before. The coconut flavor comes out, the strong upfront followed by berries and pomegranate tartness and finishes soft and smooth, very enjoyable. And I went and rated this one a four-cap rating. So again, both these beers I thought were really do well done. And um, on, the, on the show that we recorded with the the Fermented Reality Beer Cast, I I had each one separate, and then I mixed, I saved each a little bit from each can and mixed them in and blended. And I will say the blended of these two beers is really good too. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a good option if you want to blend them. So uh, I just wanted to talk about these beers from Florida that I was uh, gifted, uh, thanks to Joel. So Chris, what did you think about those beers? Oh, I love those beers. They were really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and especially kind of like the, the coconut. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of times people aren't big fans of coconut. Yeah. But this, this worked out really good. Yeah. Um, but and it, it was good. It was funny because on their own, they were, they were pretty all right. Mm -hmm. But you put them together and to me, they were, uh, <laughs> they were that much better. Yeah. They do blend well. They do, they do blend well. They really were. All right, Chris. So how about your noteworthy beers? All right. So I'm going to run through these fairly fast. The okay. first one I'm going to talk about is my five cap rating for the, that's probably my first five cap rating in quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but these five cap ratings from me come, like I take a sip of a beer and I go, oh my goodness, that's, yeah. this is fantastic. Um, and it's called Mango Lemurian. Hmm. From Ellipsis Brewing in Orlando, Florida. Now, Mango Lemorian, I have a feeling it has something to do kind of in comparison to 
the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. That's what I was thinking. And the simple, simple uh, information they have through their untapped listing: lemons and mangoes married beautifully to. Uh, now that doesn't even sound like English. <laughs> lemons and mangoes married beautifully to geese off custard vibes yeah that doesn't even make any sense and these photos in here don't even look like the photos of my beer anywho this beer that i drank mango lemorian it was very much uh more towards the lemon side but like almost like a sweet lemon candy Mm -hmm. that wasn't too sweet to just kill your palate yeah yeah um you could definitely tell there was some mango in there and i believe the mango is what made it a little on the sweeter side um but i ended up having a 10 ounce pour of this beer and man it was just so good i just Mm. wanted to keep drinking it and lemon i really like lemon flavor um whether it's kind of in food or if it's in beer, I I really do like that lemon flavor. So uh, Ellipsis Brewing, the Mango Lemorian, gave that a five-cap rating on that beer. Uh, the second one is going to be the Stoner Fruit Cobbler from Arcane Aleworks. So my first two beers are both Florida beers. The Stoner Fruit Cobbler from Arcane Aleworks. Um, I had this when I allegedly went and flew my drone over mm-hmm. uh, by Joel's place. Okay. Um, but it said uh, peach apricot cobbler pastry sour Um, it's from their grandma fingers series now they have a series called grandma fingers which um, kevin could tell us a little more about (laughs) yeah he's a big fan of arcania works yeah um and uh um i don't know how he gets down there to go pick them up but uh kevin page i know you've drank some of those um those grandma fingers series beers but um plain and simple it was just very um it was a little on the sweet side but it definitely had some tartness to it uh gave that one four and a half caps for a rating and then my third beer i got weird beer names this yeah. this time too manguamel manguamelon puff, puff. <laughs> uh, yeah manguamelon puff tart actually uh manguamelon puff tart from the brewing project the brewing project out of california no totally wrong eau claire wisconsin oh wow um, i got this one from tavor it's just a, it's a fruited sour with mango guava watermelon and marshmallow it tasted exactly like it sounds Mm. right. So big on the fruit flavors, um, lighter kind of, I I don't want to call it candy flavors, but they they were a little on the sweeter side Mm -hmm. and then the marshmallow kind of rounded everything off very nicely. Uh, so there was like, there was that soft kind of mouthfeel to it. I gave this one four and a half caps as well. Um, but the, the thing that really caught my eye was when I was looking at this beer was the label art. Yeah. And I went, all right, mango melon. All right. You're a little, you're clever. That's, that's <laughs> good. Let's, let's try with that. And you know, I did a, a little, a little more research on it, checked in on untapped and try to check it out. And, uh, and, and it's, uh, it was, it was just so good. It really was. 
Um, there's four and a half caps for this beer, and uh, it's, it's a pretty good beer week for me. All right. Well, you know what? We had a fantastic show. We ended up talking longer than I planned, but it's okay. We had some great conversation. But Chris, before we end the show, I always want to give you a chance to raise a glass to somebody you'd like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to give a toast to tonight? I would love a raise love to raise a glass <laughs> to Yeah. Yeah, this has been a rough one. Love to raise a glass to Beth and Jason Lackney, the owners and brewers over at Forefathers Brewing in Valparaiso, Indiana. Guys, cheers. Thank you for stepping up. Uh, the beers, I'm very much looking forward to getting those from you guys. And uh, I will definitely net, let you know how we like them. And I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. Hmm, nice. Denny, what about you? Who would you like to raise a glass to? Yeah. First, I'd like to raise a glass to one of our Patreon uh, members, uh, Mark Church. Cheers to you, Mark. Uh, have a great uh, week and great Thanksgiving. And I, we thank you for your patronage. And the second one I'd like to give, give a toast to is to our partner in the For a Minute Beer Reality Beer Cast, uh, Joel Bigham. Uh, not only did he send Chris and I beers uh, for the first show, but he just sent me a second package for our next, our third show that we'll be recording in a week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting some more beer mail from from Joel. So thank you, Joel. Cheers to you. Uh, looking forward to trying the beers and chatting with you on our Thanksgiving show for the beer cast. And of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service. Cheers to you. And I hope you guys are able to, to return home safe to your families very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast to our sponsors? Sure. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full price items. All right. And you can find the beers and the link to the article mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at tapthecraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and tapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can I just follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. But always you can interact with me on Facebook or our Instagram page at tap the craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend and of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Podcasts, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.